You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. And this is another uh, online Sunday. So we don't have a place to meet this week. So uh, we've got the video that hopefully you'll watch and share. And what's really fun about it is we get to use really high quality video that we wouldn't be able to use in person. Uh, You wouldn't be able to appreciate it as much as you'll appreciate it now. So God created us. God created us to do good. God created us to do good works. And that's what we're talking about today. But just think about that. God creating us. Watch this video about the creation. In the beginning, God. Before there was, there was God. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Then, God spoke. At his command, light emerged from the darkness. The light he called day and the darkness he called night. Then God separated the water from water, creating a vault he called sky. The waters under the sky were gathered to one place and dry ground appeared. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. From the land arose vegetation, plants and trees, and every green thing bearing fruit, each according to their kinds. Then God placed lights in the vault of the sky to give light to earth, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also created the stars, calling them all out by name. The sun, moon, and stars shone brightly, reflecting the brilliance of the Lord. God filled the seas with every great creature with which the water teems, and God placed every winged bird in the sky above. Then God created the creatures of the land, livestock, wild animals, and all creatures that move along the ground, each according to its kind. God saw all that he had made, the heavens and the earth, the lights of the sky, the crop of the land, and every living thing beneath the waters and above. And it was good. But one thing was missing, God's most beloved creation. So God created man in his own image, raising him up from the dust of the earth. But it was not good for man to be alone. So God created woman from the flesh of man. He breathed his spirit into humanity and together they reflected the image of God. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and rule it. God saw all that he had made. And it was very good. Wasn't that an awesome video? I didn't put it out there online as a 4K video, but that was an option. And I was watching it today in 4K. It was really cool. They did a good job on that video. And just the fact that God created and he created us and he knows us, he cares about us, he loves us, he reaches out to us. So this is a continuation of last week's message about why don't you live so God can use you. So um, 
I was going to title the message, Why Don't You Live So God Will Use You, but instead I just changed it to uh, You Are God's Masterpiece Created to Do Good, that God created you to do good. So today I'm going to be using the New Living Translation of the Bible uh, because it clearly says what I want to say, and uh, many great uh, pastors and uh, theologians think that the New Living Translation is the Bible that is going to reach lost people, the Bible that people will actually read and understand. So while I like the NIV and the ESV and the New American Standard Bible and even the King James sometimes, uh, today, pretty much the New Living Translation. So, all right, so back to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 will be on your screen. God saved you by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. So let's just focus on that for a minute. Let's just focus on that uh, on your screen. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Let's break that down. That's my three points. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, point number two, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. And I'm going to give you links or a bunch of resources that I like I uh, like personally myself, I like to share with others. Number one, we are God's masterpiece. God created us to glorify Him. You know, life is most satisfying when we're living in Him, when we're living in His will, when we're living rightly, when we're doing what we know we need to be doing as we walk with Jesus, as we walk in the Lord, as we read the Bible and apply the Word to our lives, uh, as we're living, uh, confessing any known sin, uh, walking uh, ready to serve the Lord, walking humbly, um, it's a great way to live. And God gives us jobs to do to fulfill our purpose. And when things work out right, when things work out right, we get to enjoy doing the type of work we are created for. Now, some of us are, some people are in jobs that uh, don't fit them very well. It pays the bills, but it's not really the job they were created for. So F.F. Uh, F. Bruce in a Bible commentary points out that the believer is God's workmanship, that God, God's work of art, God's masterpiece, God fashions man and creates a masterpiece. God's workmanship is always a work of art. The believer does not create the beauty, the art that shows in the canvas of his life. The believer just shows that he is God's workmanship by the life he lives and displays. Works are an evidence of salvation, and those who walk uh, in trespasses and sins show that they are not God's workmanship. See Ephesians 2, uh, uh, verses 1 and 2. No matter what uh, they may proclaim about their faith in Christ, God's people give ample evidence of the power of a new life which operates in them. So we are a reflection of God's glory. The things that we choose to do glorify God and show how we are His masterpiece. I look at the screen again at Psalm chapter Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16. It says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You know, that's something worth pondering. It's totally incomprehensible. So, um, 
I don't believe that God pre-programmed us or robots going through life, that our choices still matter, yet somehow God knows. God, omnipotent, all-powerful God, uh, omniscient God, He knows everything about us, and He cares about us, and He wants to have a relationship with us, and He wants us to be successful uh, living in Him, serving Him, uh, successful in this life. Look in the beginning of uh, creation with Adam and Eve, Genesis 2.15. The Lord placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. So God created man and woman, and God gave them something to do. I'm pretty sure that heaven is going to be full of things to do, things that we are made to do, things that we like to do, things that will uh, make it delightful. Uh, sitting around doing nothing, uh, sitting on a cloud, strumming a harp, uh, doing nothing. Uh, that doesn't sound like heaven. So, But I think heaven is going to be awesome. But anyway, uh, God created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden and said, here, you get to tend and watch over this. You get to manage this. You get to do stuff here. Have fun. Can you imagine how beautiful that was? Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish and the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So again, oversee it, manage it. Uh, verse 19, Genesis 2, 19. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all of the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. So God gave Adam the opportunity to name all these animals and to see everything that he had created and to realize that he had a need, to realize that he had a need to uh, complete him a wife, uh, Eve. So uh, Adam got to name all the animals. It's like, oh, uh, let's see here. Uh, fur, duckbill, uh, I don't know. Let's go with platypus. Uh, that's a platypus. All right, Adam, we'll go with that. Hey, you know, Here's one of the commercials, is that if you have graduated from college and you don't know what to do for a career, if you have graduated from high school and you don't know what you're supposed to do with your life, you don't have a clue of where even to look, if you have been working a job that pays the bills but it's not very satisfying, doesn't bring you much joy, maybe you aren't uh, working in the field that you are designed for, that you are made for. A lot of these um, inventory tests that I'm going to recommend they are uh, ways to discover. Uh, they're not um, guaranteed to uh, prove or uh, you can't answer the questions and know that this test is exactly right or the results are exactly right. But I like taking these kinds of inventory tests, career tests, uh, relationship tests, spiritual gift tests, and those are some of the things that I'm going to recommend to you today. But here's one for you. Uh, Crowns, not Crown College, but Crown Financial Ministries, Crowns Career Direct. Uh, so www.crown.org slash career. And here's what they say about Career Direct. They say, we believe God created you to fulfill a unique purpose through your work. And we understand the frustration and helplessness of a life spent in the wrong career. That's why for over 40 years, we've made it our mission to help professionals and recent graduates chart a course for the work they love. Learn how we help 300,000 people dramatically increase their job satisfaction and find meaningful work. Uh, by one, taking the career direct assessment. Set aside about an hour to chart a course to your new life of purpose by taking the career direct assessment. 
Two, get a full picture of your potential. Tap into the only proven assessment that takes into account much more than just your personality to give you a full picture that includes your skills, interests, and values. Three, explore your career direct report and examine your results with the definition of your career type in a downloadable report that gives you a comprehensive overview with insight into your specific type and take action. Receive a personalized action plan with suggested job or academic fit. You know, that might be a great thing to do. You might find that uh, you are doing the wrong kind of work and then you can take steps to find out what you can do to get into that field that really fits you. So uh, the Scott County Cap Agency, always when we have the faith gatherings, they always say that they have quite a few jobs that are unfilled down there that uh, pay well. Uh, so maybe you want to check them out too. But anyway, uh, those are all opportunities that you and I have to try to figure out how God created us. Try to figure out, we pray and we seek and sometimes we try new things. Sometimes we try a job or we volunteer in a certain way and see if we like it. So someone said God created people because he loves stories. You know, I really love hearing from godly old people how God was there for them in the good times and the bad. I remember one elderly lady told me that she was thankful for the early days of their marriage when she and her husband didn't have much, but they had Jesus and they had one another. It made her more thankful for all she had when I was talking with her at that stage in her life. After her life was basically spent, she looked back and remembered that some of the best days wasn't when they had everything uh, or more than they needed, but some of those days when they wondered what was going to happen with their lives, how they were going to, uh, what, what were they going to do with their lives? How would it turn out? So that is exciting. Number two, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus was there. The Bible says that. But the creation got messed up with sin. But God made it possible, Jesus made it possible for us to be set right again, put back in the right spot, in the, in the right, uh, right direction, so that we would know Him, so that we would glorify God, so that we would live for Him and experience the life that He created us for. We were created to know Jesus. First uh, John 5.11 says, This is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. Do you have the Son? Have you been adopted as a child of God? Um, when we share uh, these verses, which we do often because we don't want anybody to be able to see a video or come to a, a church service and not have an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, uh, some people that come all the time might say, oh, we hear that all the time, but hey, maybe if you hear it all the time, you'll be more likely to repeat it to someone else in case someone else comes up to you at school or work or your neighborhood and says, hey, you go to church, what must I do to be saved? Or you'll be able to uh, share how they can come into a right relationship with Christ. But Romans 3.23 says, Everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard, which means that sin is doing anything against God's will. Uh, sin is missing the mark. It's like an archery term where um, if you miss the bullseye, if you miss the target, that was called sin. Uh, one problem that we have is sometimes not only do we miss the target by a little bit, sometimes we're actually pointing the arrow in the wrong direction, but 
we need to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior to cover our sins, to be forgiven of our sins, to be made right with God. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when we work for uh, pay, we get wages. We uh, we earn and we receive. And as we continue to sin, uh, it leads to uh, eternal separation from God. It leads to death. It leads to uh, utter disappointment and it doesn't lead us into that relationship uh, we need to have with God. Romans 5.8 says that God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So when did he do it? Did he do it when we finally deserved it? Did he do it when we paid enough to the church with our offerings or we memorized enough Bible verses or we volunteered in uh, uh, youth ministry or children's ministry or, or all those different things and thought we could earn our way in. No, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So we have an opportunity to have that credited to our account today, a debt that was paid long ago when Jesus died on that cross and rose again, and that we can apply it to our account today. Can you imagine if you were, I don't know, say $500,000 in debt, and you realized that there was a family trust that you could have applied to your account to get you out of that debt by just asking? That would be awesome. And receiving. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's why Jesus came. He taught us how to live. He died on the cross. He rose again. Uh, he ascended into heaven. He's personally involved in our lives. He's going to return someday. It would be great. Awesome time to see him face to face. John 1.10, John 1.10 about Jesus says, He came into the very world he created. See, here it says Jesus created the world. Uh, it says that in other parts of Scripture too. So the whole Trinity was there at the creation of the world. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, but even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And they are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So Jesus, he is the solution to our sin problem. He is the solution to uh, why am I here? Uh, what am I supposed to do with this life? How am I supposed to live? He taught us. He was the Word of God in the flesh. And we need to spend time in the Word, but we can also have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, if you thumbed over to John 3.16, you could quote this from memory. Uh, this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. So... Jesus makes it possible for us to be forgiven, for us to have eternal life, for us to spend eternity with God, with Jesus, in their presence. But the warning in John 3.36, the promise in the warning says that anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. So there's a promise. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. So have you received Jesus Christ? as your Lord and Savior? Have you asked Jesus Christ into your life? Let me ask you another question if you have. How are you living? I mean, Jesus paid for our sins. Yes, he paid for the sins of the past and the sins that we commit today and even the sins that we'll commit in the future. But he doesn't want us to live in sin. 
2 Timothy 1.9 says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was His plan from before the beginning of time to show us His grace through Christ Jesus. If you would like to pray to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, you can follow me in a simple prayer, and I'll help lead you along. Dear Jesus, I acknowledge that you died on the cross and that you rose again and that you offer payment for my sin. So please forgive me. I am a sinner. Please come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you did that, we want to share with you some resources. We want to share with you how you can grow in the Christian life, how you can get growing. In this message, I'll share uh, some resources to help that with that. We have a How to Find God New Testament that we'd like to connect you with and other resources. But So this verse um, that he called us to live a holy life, uh, sometimes as Christians, we don't live such a holy life. Maybe it's a good time for us to rededicate our life to Jesus. Maybe we could do that right now in prayer. Would you follow me in prayer? If you believe that you are saved, if you call yourself a Christ follower, but you're not living a holy life. Lord Jesus, I know that you've called me to live a holy life, and I am not doing that. Please forgive me of those sins that are getting in the way of our relationship and my effectiveness serving you, and even robbing me of joy. Jesus, please forgive me. Help me not to do those things again. Help me to move forward in this relationship that we have with each other. I want to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you recommitted your life to Christ, let us know too. Uh, We want to encourage you and then encourages us when we find out if you've responded. 2 Timothy 2.19. All right, it says, But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are His, and all those who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. Have you ever gone to the buffet or to the restaurant and gotten a dirty plate, and you looked at that plate or the silverware, and you're like, I'm not eating off of this, or the glass, or or something like that, and you're like, hey, you know, uh, I was kind of hoping that it would be clean and sanitized, and uh, so can I, excuse me, uh, waiter or waitress, can you get me a clean plate? Can you get me a clean fork? Uh, could you c- clean the table for us? Uh, we just expect that uh, things will be clean. And sometimes uh, when we have clothes, if our clothes aren't clean, then we won't wear them and even throw them away. Uh, if the dishes aren't clean, we won't use them. Uh, we'll, we'll look in a uh, uh, stack of dishes and we'll, we'll take the dirty one and we'll set it aside. And I believe what this verse is saying is that if we want to be used by God, that we need to uh, stay close in that relationship and stay clean, to live that pure and holy life, to turn away from evil, to make sure there's no unconfessed sin in our lives. Verse 21 says, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Don't you want to be used by God? Don't you want him to be able to uh, say, uh, hey, I've got, a, I've got this special opportunity. I'm looking for somebody. I need to send somebody. I need somebody to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Who should I send? And you're ready to go. You're, 
you're prayed up and you're, you're just prepared, you're ready to go. So verse 22, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts and said, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. And again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, be patient with difficult people, and gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Can you imagine keeping your life clean, uh, living a holy life, living in Jesus so that you can rescue people from, who are captive, held captive by Satan to um, be able to teach, to know how to um, instruct and to care for people? Uh, what a great way to live your life. An eternal reward is there. Uh, I mean, one, to have Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant, but also to have people... Uh, on the other side of heaven, uh, other, other side of this life in heaven, uh, being able to say, hey, um, thank you so much for sharing Christ with me. Thank you so much for living the way you did to encourage me to live a life for Christ. And um, what a great way to live. I, God created us uh, to do works, to do good works. And if we want to do those good works, we need to be clean. We need to be prepared. All right. So number three, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We need to be like Jesus. We need to be like Jesus. Uh, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit is helping us become like Jesus. Uh, Romans 8.28, I love this verse because when things aren't working out and I'm trying to figure out what God's plan is, when it doesn't make sense to me, I always claim this verse. It says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Hey, you know, COVID uh, is really ruining my life. So I haven't had COVID but the effects of COVID have really, uh, really messing up uh, what I had for plans, uh, what I had for a uh, dream of a future. Uh, don't know where it's going to end up. But um, so I claim this verse. It's like, okay, somehow all these difficult things, somehow uh, the difficulties that I'm going through, and maybe you're going through, uh, the things that could be coming around the corner that are scary, don't even know what the future holds, um, that God causes everything to work together for everybody? No. Does it all work out on the end? That's not a promise in the Bible. It says, everything works together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So, verse 29, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Works to bear much fruit. John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches, and those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we live in Jesus, we remain in Jesus, we recharge in Jesus, uh, we will produce much fruit, we'll be effective then. Uh, that's a great message for another day. John 15, 7, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. Verse 16, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Uh, I've been at River Rock Church, started it like 19 and a half years ago. So once we come to October, I'd be eligible for 20 years in the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And 20 years of being 
um, here in Belle Plaine, uh, getting River Rock Church started and being the pastor of River Rock Church. God has provided so many things in the past. He's provided what we needed for finances. He provided a ministry center. He provided a truck when we needed. He provided a trailer. Uh, he's just been so faithful in providing everything except for right now a building. And I don't know why we don't have a building. Maybe it's to show our faith and uh, to persevere. Um, maybe uh, we don't need a building. Maybe we just think we do. I don't know how a, how a church thrives and survives, especially in the winter without a building. But I suppose if persecution comes, churches probably won't have big buildings. Uh, one good thing is we're not like $2 million in debt on a building we can't afford, or we don't own a building that we're not able to use because of COVID or something. But we do own 10 acres of land, and uh, it's almost paid for. Uh, it sure would be great to be able to build a building. Uh, unfortunately, the cost of building buildings has skyrocketed recently. So we pray, we wait, we seek God. Um, but uh, so many times, God has been faithful to answer every prayer. Um, when He doesn't, we just have to trust that He knows what is best, that He knows what is best. Uh, your Father will give you whatever you ask for, using my name. We pray in Jesus' name, and we wait, and we ask, and we want uh, Jesus' will more than our own. So hopefully that's true in the way you live your life. John 15, 19, the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. You need to remember that when you're trying to live for Jesus and it doesn't seem to be appreciated. When you're trying to share Jesus with other people and they reject you, just know that uh, that one person may reject you, but there's probably someone out there that's just waiting to hear the message. So you be faithful and keep serving and keep doing those good works because one of those good works is sharing Jesus with others. And we receive the Holy Spirit to help us do that. John 14, 26 says, When the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. So God has ordained us to walk in good works. Doing good works is not an option for the believer. It's the very nature of the believer. We've been created, and we've been created to do good works. So if we're Christ followers, and we're created to do good works, then I believe that we're going to keep trying to do good works. And we might mess up, and we might fall down, and it might not work, but we're going to keep getting back up, and we're going to keep trying, and we're going to keep serving uh, as we live this life, as we keep uh, growing in Christ, as the Holy Spirit keeps teaching us. We just need to try new things. We need to try... Um, to minister in different ways. We need to show up and be faithful. So do all that you can. Uh, pray for opportunity. Tell God that you are ready and available and willing and wait to see what he does. Colossians 3.23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than people. If you want to be successful at work, if you want to be successful on that team, if you want to be successful in that volunteer organization, Work hard. Work as unto the Lord. Work as if Jesus is seeing everything you do and you want his approval. So that means you'll be working when you don't think that anybody can see you, when you don't think that anybody would know if you are slacking off or not. And be careful to make sure that you do ministry on your time and not on your boss's time, unless your boss pays you for it. So um, if your boss says, hey, if you have an opportunity to lead someone to Christ or to pray for them, you're welcome to do that on company time, then you go for it. But if your boss hasn't said that, then wait for your break time or wait for lunch time or wait till work is over or uh, clock out. Anyway, uh, make disciples and invest in someone. 
Uh, we've talked about this verse for the last three weeks. Uh, teach new, new, Matthew 28, 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always to the end of the age, to make disciples, to make disciples. So, um, you know, it's tough to make disciples. If you're going to go all out and invest your life, uh, really, you can only do that in a few people. So, I mean, totally invest your life into someone. Uh, they need to be committed, and you guys need, you people, uh, you need to get together a lot. But you can help people grow in discipleship by giving them resources and talking about it. So, I would like to take uh, a person or a couple of people and to help them grow deeply in Christ uh, to the others as they are learning. And even if the people that I'm working with, um, I like to give them resources. So it's great when they listen to resources and we can discuss it more than me having to uh, sit there and spoon feed them or read them a book or whatever. Um, but anyway, here's three audible books in addition to the Bible to help someone get growing. All right. So here's my three audible. Uh, you might be able to get these somewhere else too, but for audiobooks. Number one, After I Believe by James Emery White. Number two, Christian Theology for People in a Hurry by Daryl Aaron. And number three, Grace Rehab by Bill Giovanetti. Uh, those are the three. So um, Bill Giovanetti is a pastor and a, a seminary professor, and he's trying something new in his church. And it might be worth jumping on board with. So he has this guy, we've used his books before in church. He writes a lot about grace. He's a pastor with a Christian and Missionary Alliance out of Pathway Church in Redding, California. And uh, he's written like 20 books. So anyway, he's been a pastor for like 30 years, but he started his own uh, theology school, like a master's level theology school. You don't have to have a bachelor's degree to get in, but uh, Veritas uh, School uh, Online Seminary is uh, something for, as they say, it's for small group leaders, youth ministry volunteers, men's groups, women's ministries, camp counselors, worship leaders, elders and deacons, Bible study teachers, authors, pastors, lay leaders, Stevens ministers, counselors, teachers, ministry staff, uh, and more. He claims that he'll personally teach you, coach you, and answer your questions as you grow deeper in God's Word and boost your ministry to new levels of effectiveness and power. It says that Veritas School is an online seminary for everyday people who never thought that it was possible. So, um, homeschool students, trade workers, ministry volunteers, life coaches, apologetics workers, campus ministry composers, everyday believers in Jesus, anyone who longs to go deeper. Uh, you can try out a couple of courses for free, like uh, Course 115, Providence, and Course 217, Reading the Truth for free. Um, but uh, their deal is, or his deal is, is that if you want to sign up, that there is a list of assignments, there is a uh, list of videos to watch, and he, most of the books that, he, especially the ones he wrote, you just download them instead of having to pay for them. So if I read it right, it's $70 a month. Uh, and includes most reading material, and your spouse could go for half price. So maybe that's something to start out in. Um, Crown College and Dallas Theological Seminary and Wheaton often offer free classes too. Uh, there's just so many ways to um, get trained up. Right now, Media has classes. Uh, if you go to christianaudio.com, they have some audio classes. So you can take classes for credit to get a degree, but sometimes it's really expensive. Maybe sometimes you don't even need that degree. You just need to learn. And one thing that I'm really interested in is how do we train up workers in the church 
without having them go tens of thousands of dollars in debt and leaving the church to go get their education. So how do we train them up in the church? And I think that's a big question that a lot of people are trying to answer. As a matter of fact, the Christian Missionary Alliance have training opportunities that uh, even would allow a person to become a pastor without uh, seminary training, uh, like a three-year in-ministry program that uh, if you're interested in, uh, send me a message and I can send you the links to that uh, uh, opportunity. So gifts, gifted. Uh, you know, Acts 1.8 says we're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and we'll be witnesses all around. And 1 Peter 4.10, God has given you each a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well to serve one another. What are some of these gifts? Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another to the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit, still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It's the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So uh, there's more about reading about spiritual gifts, but I don't have a whole lot of time here. But I love spiritual gift tests and personality tests. So I've taken a lot of them. If you can't tell on the DISC test, I'm a high I. Yes, I am. But um, you maybe you've taken that personality test at school or at work. DISC stands for Dominance, Influence, Steadiness, and Conscientiousness. So, And there's a lot of different spiritual gifts tests. But if you were to ask me which one I think would be worth taking, I would suggest that you take the Place Ministries uh, Spiritual Gift Assessment. The spiritual gift test in the a description of what the gifts are. Um, I think they have 15 gifts that they uh, um, discuss, um, not the sign gifts. Uh, anyway, uh, Place Ministries on the screen here. You'll see the link to it. But uh, they say anyone can give you a list of spiritual gifts to choose from. We combine five different elements to get a complete picture of who you are. You're the only one who can bring your unique combination of personality spiritual gifts, abilities, passions, and experiences to your life and ministry. And they charge $14.99 for that. So um, these tests help you discover some of the ways God has created you. So uh, basic spiritual gifts tests, they only work good for people that have a lot of experience in the church. So if you have no experience in the church and you take those basic spiritual gifts tests, uh, they'll just say you have the gift of helps. But if you get more involved in ministry, you'll find that, nope, you might have a lot more than just that gift. So another fun test is the uh, Christian version of the DISC test, uh, where they try to tie you in to um, a biblical character. So they try to match your uh, personality profile to a character of the Bible. Can you guess which character I was tied to with my personality test? Peter. I was tied to Peter but just a little bit of Barnabas. So anyway, um, you can uh, look at christianpersonalitytest.com and they have a video overview for $39. Otherwise, diskinsights.com slash disc-biblical-matching-personality-style.html. 
Uh, whoever made that web page didn't realize how long of a link that was going to be. That's $28. And I'm also a prepare and enrich facilitator for relationship inventory diagnostic test for pre-marriage and marriage counseling. First uh, Corinthians 1031. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. What are you, what are you doing with your money? What do you, God gives you resources. God gives you money. Do you use that for God's glory? You can often use your money to make a difference and to do good works with your money. Uh, is it possible that God has increased your income? Not to increase your level of living, your standard of living, but to increase your standard, your level of giving? So maybe you got more money, uh, you got a raise, but you don't need more money and you can do more to fund ministries and help kids uh, go to Bible college or Bible camp or so many things, help your church get a building. First Timothy 6, 18. If you are someone with a lot of money and you realize that there's a church that's been in Bell Plain for almost 20 years that doesn't have a building and you could help us get a building, maybe that's what God is calling you to today. Who knows? First Timothy 6.18, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Use your money for those good works so that Jesus, Luke 19.17, uh, well done, the king exclaimed, you are a good servant. You have been faithful with a little I entrusted. So now you'll be governor of 10 cities as your reward. Uh, well done, good and faithful servant. Now you're going to have great opportunities. And I believe that if we are good and faithful servants, that Jesus is going to give us many opportunities in his coming kingdom. Can't wait to see um, what that's going to be like. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Next Sunday, message is God's mercy is new every morning. And we're going to meet in person. I'll also put a video online, but uh, meeting at Oldenburg's restaurant. So uh, online only for Mother's Day. Uh, we talked about trying to have an outdoor service, but one, we don't know about the weather. Two, it really gives you an opportunity, if you can, to go visit mom or grandma. Um, and it's also a fishing opener, which is weird. Why is fishing opener and Mother's Day on the same day? That's so disrespectful to mom, unless you take mom fishing, I guess. We're meeting at the restaurant again on uh, May 16th and May 23rd. Uh, maybe May 30th. Otherwise, maybe we'll be outdoors. That's Memorial Day. That's coming up. So let us know how we can pray for you. Riverrockchurch.com slash pray. Or uh, you can listen to past messages at Riverrockchurch.com slash watch. Riverrockchurch.com slash listen. Would you help support our ministry by giving online at Riverrockchurch.com slash give. So anyway, thanks for watching. I know this has gone a little long, but I gave some resources and I hope it's helpful. But with that, I'm done. You have an awesome week. God bless you. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.